1: This is 105.9 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez with On The Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. My co-host and our real estate expert is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. Okay, let's start this morning with a bit of an overview on the market. How's it looking?
2: The market's looking good. It's, it's pretty strong. It continues to move along. We're still getting multiple offers on properties that are stunning and beautiful, but uh, you're starting to see a lot of people shy away from bidding wars now. You're starting to see listings that come up that don't have an offer date. Uh, and, you know, some of those are still getting multiple offers, but there seems to be a calm in the marketplace right now. There's not that frenzy that we were faced with over the last six months or last year and it's nice it's a breath of fresh air for buyers and it gives the the realtors a little bit of more time to do their homework on properties and and also the buyers to be able to get a home inspection condition in or a financing condition in so there's a bit of a calm out there uh, we'll start to see numbers you know level off traditionally so as july comes to a close, you'll see that uh, we may not hit the same numbers as we did last July, but it's going to be pretty decent.
1: And does this feel like a traditional summer market? It really
2: is, and you're starting to see people back off from that home search mode. Uh, They were in a frenzy. They wanted to go out two, three times a week and see homes, and now they're starting to settle in. They're starting to, you know, with the parks being open now, Canada's Wonderland, people are starting to enjoy life again. And as we open up, as we get further into Stage 3 here and everything starts to open up and get back to some sort of normal, you're going to start to see a more traditional trend in the marketplace which means august will be a little bit quieter it's generally the slowest month of the year quietest month of the year in real estate we're going to start to see that because people just want to get out and they want to enjoy the last month of summer before school starts again
1: and what about in terms of inventory
2: we're still very low on inventory and that's the main reason why we continue to see multiple offers at this point of the year you know, by July, usually the multiple offers season, if you want to call it, has come and gone, but we're still seeing that because our inventory is less than half of what it was last year, and that's a huge problem. And until we get more inventory, the multiple offers and bidding wars will continue and prices will continue to go up.
1: Now, what about the open house? Is it back?
2: It is. So safe open houses are back, and what we are being advised to do is schedule showings, limit the number of... People that are in the home at one time, limit the time that people are in the home, and make them safe. So it's almost like booking an appointment in advance to see a home. Uh, those are safe open houses. You're not going to see 20, 30 people walking through a uh, 2,000-square-foot home at the same time that those days are gone. And, uh, you know, we want to make sure that we're asking all the right questions with uh, COVID protocol and making sure people coming in are safe to keep the sellers safe, and we want to be able to limit the traffic in there as well. Just uh, not, no different than how the retail stores are doing it right now or restaurants are doing it. You want to be able to have that gap in between people.
1: And do you think that old-style open house will ever be back? I think we've learned
2: so many new ways mm-hmm. to showcase homes that a lot of people will be more comfortable continuing with what we've been doing over the last year and a half. I haven't had any clients come to me requesting an open house, whereas before they would always ask you, you know, when are, when are you going to do the open house? How many open houses are you going to do? the things have changed. This is the new normal. So you'll still get realtors doing open houses and that's mostly to try and get clients out of it. I think the sellers will prefer to have the virtual open houses and, uh, and be able to showcase their homes in the new ways that we've learned over the last year and a half.
1: And so that video tour is still going to be quite, um, quite prominent in terms of the listings that we see out there.
2: It sure will. The video tours, the 3D tours that we started doing, the virtual reality, all of these things are here to stay and they're not going to go away. And, And those are quite often a much better solution than sitting in an open house for two hours or three hours waiting for someone to come in. These are more proactive ways to conduct your business and to make it more efficient. So I can't see that going away and going back into the uh, prehistoric uh, if you want to call it (laughs) days where you just sit there and you wait and it's more of a reactive approach rather than a proactive approach.
1: So what can you tell us about the vacancy tax that was just approved by Toronto City Council?
2: This is very similar to what uh, Vancouver started years ago and what it is is if you own a home in the city of Toronto and you are out of that home for more than six months of the year the City of Toronto will be charging you 1% based on the value of the home as a tax. And, uh, you know, that's going to drive a lot of investors away from the City of Toronto because, I mean, first of all, there's a lot of different ways that uh, you can avoid paying this. If, If someone is sick and they're not in the home, if someone passes away, if the home is under renovations, if you're a snowbird, all of these things will keep you from paying that tax. So you're exempt from paying that tax. They're gonna be looking at the one year history of that home. So the first people to pay this tax, they won't have to incur this tax until 2023 because it actually kicks in January 1st, 2022. So if you've been out of that home in 2022 for more than six months, then you'll be assessed this tax. But again, there's a lot of ways to get out of it. If you're an investor and the home is vacant then, yes, you'll have to pay that tax. And no different than when the land transfer tax doubled in Toronto, when they added their own land transfer tax. A lot of people started looking to York Region and moving to York Region to save half of the land transfer tax money. You're going to start to see that happen here, too. If you're an investor, you don't want to take a chance that, hey, you may not be here for six months or seven months of the year. You're going to buy in York Region and, uh, you know, capitalize on on that and save
1: that 1% tax. And how is this vacancy tax working in Vancouver? In
2: Vancouver, people have uh, made it a cost of doing business. So if you're a foreign investor and you have to pay 1% more, then you're going to pay the 1% more because... See, in Vancouver, people buy properties there. They're more vacation homes and, uh, you know, uh, second homes for people that are living overseas, and they're able to use those. The people that are moving to Toronto are actually moving to Toronto to live there, to start their family there, or to have their kids go to school there. They're moving for jobs. Totally different reasons as to why people have investment properties in Vancouver versus Toronto. And I don't think that the gains for the government will be as much as they were in Vancouver. And even in Vancouver, it was not as good as they thought it would be. And, uh, you know, the the main thing is, where is this money going to go, Tina? Is the money going to actually go and help people with home affordability or is the money just going into the coffers of the government? And that's what we have to determine where that money ends up. Is it being used or is it just a penalty for people that have chosen to purchase a home in Toronto.
1: So you're obviously suggesting that if you're making an investment, make it in York Region to avoid that vacancy tax.
2: Yeah, and until, until the other regions uh, decide on this vacancy tax, I think it's a very smart move to pick another region rather than Toronto to have your investment property in.
1: After the break, is moving out of province the only option to finding affordable housing? The CEO of the Ontario Real Estate Association, Tim Hudak, weighs in. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us.
0: Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region.
1: On the Market is back. I'm Tina Cortez, and this is York Region's only radio real estate show. Over to my co-host, Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties with today's guest, Asif. Asif.
2: Thank you, Tina. Joining us is Tim Hudak, CEO of the Ontario Real Estate Association. Tim, always a pleasure to have you on. Welcome back. Hey,
3: thanks, Asif. Awesome. Great to great be back on. Thank you. Best to Tina as well. And hope you guys are having a, a good summer now that we're, I guess, midway point and uh, things are opening up. It's nice to see.
2: It sure is. And, you know, we, we wanted to pick your brain a little bit on the findings from the, uh, the report that came out a, a little bit ago. About Ontarians between the, uh, the ages of 18 and 29, 80% want to own a home. What did you think of those numbers?
3: Um, really uh, encouraging to see that a lot has changed um, throughout uh, COVID and as we emerge in the pandemic. But one thing that remains strong is that Canadian dream of home ownership. In fact, in our surveys, and your listeners can, can read them all at OREA, O-R-E-A, OREA.com shows that um, uh, coming through the pandemic, the the value of homeownership has increased, not only because people see it as a a solid investment, um, but it's also a place of of security, of of comfort, of of safety throughout all of this. So really no surprise that that value has become strengthened as a result of COVID with a shift towards um, more space in your home, maybe for a work-from-home office, grandparent to move in, or a backyard to toss around a ball with your kid.
1: And, Tim, what else came out of the polling data?
3: Well, well, that was the positive news. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there was some really alarming news. And, you know, we would hear from some of our leading brokers like uh, Asif that the, anecdotally they were hearing about more people who were looking to move out of Ontario simply based on housing affordability. and That's a great concern. So we said, okay, let's actually test this out. And I, I think that the finding is a, a five-alarm uh, bell here for for governments and all of us. We found that 46% of home buyers who are 45 and under, 46% had either seriously considered or are considering leaving Ontario to purchase a home, whether they go to Nova Scotia or New Brunswick, and Manitoba, what have you. The problem is that's a major disruption to families. The emotional ties will be farther apart, and that's also a major economic threat to our province when our talented next generations are going to start businesses innovate, create jobs in other provinces, not Ontario.
2: And 77%, Tim, said that it was, they felt it was more difficult to buy a home right now in Ontario as compared to only 3% saying it may be easier.
3: Yeah. And and no surprise me. You've talked about this uh, on your show quite regularly and you and I have talked about solutions and and the Ontario Real Estate Association (REA) doesn't simply show problems, although we want to highlight them for government action. We also put solutions on the table. But we've always known that affordability is an issue. It's a growing issue. But for too long, you know, governments have said, okay, we'll get around to it. For the time being, you can stay in your rental unit or you can stay at home with mom and dad. But now as a result of COVID, people are saying, uh, no more. We, the big changes are we have an increase in wanting a home. Uh, but secondly, now with work from home, we can live anywhere, really. So you're seeing more people who are turning their eyes outside of the province of Ontario and that should be a big red flag for governments at provincial, national, and local level that time has run out to actually do something about housing affordability.
1: And you called this an affordability crisis. So how specifically do we get out of it?
3: Well, here's some ideas. It all really starts with supply and inventory. We find in our surveys, people would rather stay here. They'd rather raise their families here. They, they would say, you know, if I, I grew up in, in Pickering or Vaughan or Niagara, or Toronto, uh, you know, I'd like to own a home in the community uh, where I grew up in or where my job is. The problem is there's a lot of demand and not enough supply. So we put a number of ideas on the table to the Ford government. They followed through on a good number. In fact, eight out of our ten recommendations were in their new legislation called More Homes, More Choice Act. Fantastic. But we need the municipalities now to pick up those tools in the toolbox to create more supply. So that's speeding up the approval process knocking down red tape barriers or delay projects to up to a decade and increase costs innovating maybe by intensifying along subway uh and uh and GO lines and also you know other innovative approaches maybe laneway homes smaller homes and then we've got another idea that's come out of covid and that's using more commercial or government space
2: and again great ideas great great initiatives uh, to get started on and, and get the ball rolling towards housing affordability what do you think the main desire is when people are looking at outside of Ontario for a home? Is it price itself? Is it, uh, you know, being closer to the water? And we've had a lot of people looking at Nova Scotia, and New Brunswick, and uh, we, we, I mean, they're going for land, they're going for lifestyle. Does that play a lot into it, or do you think it's basically just affordability?
3: Affordability is the core issue. I mean, we, well, we don't have an ocean. Uh, we do have plenty of Great Lakes and lots of waterfront, the challenge is it's increasingly out of reach for hardworking middle-class uh, Ontarians. So, you know, looking to speed up approvals, lower costs of developing new homes will be a big step forward. we suggested also that you could do some things around taxes like a land transfer tax holiday that caused more people to move, more supply to come into the marketplace when well, they did that exact same thing in the United Kingdom. Here's the other COVID impact. We, we do see that in the commercial sector and in government, that they'll be shrinking their footprint. More employees will be allowed to work from home, meaning you don't need the exact same space you had before. So how about this, and Tina? What if we helped um, move some commercial spaces into residential housing or mixed use and underutilized or abandoned government properties, convert them to residential as well? They're already built. You can do that relatively quickly, and it'll be affordable to first-time home buyers. Or maybe attracted to empty nesters as well.
1: I think those are very good ideas. But you know, you also mentioned some, you know, suggestions for government repurposing commercial properties, as you just said. But what do potential buyers need to do to increase their buying power? Because some of the onus is on them as well.
3: Well, well no doubt. Uh, you know, obviously, working with a, a realtor, an experienced realtor. You don't want to take chances uh, in the market yourself, and find things are out of reach or not have the right negotiating approach. And uh, number two uh, is making sure you do build up those savings. We have suggested to government that they work with these new financial technologies as well. As you know, it's not often the mortgage payment, it's the down payment that is the greater challenge. Mm-hmm. So some new technologies that kinda of work like a modern version of rent to own. They could be co-owners of the property. You pay them back over time. They help get you over that hurdle of the down payment. The problem is, Tina, that some of the government legislation comes in the 1970s where they didn't even know about the Internet, let alone these technologies. So we do suggest these new tools could be helpful to getting the keys to your first home.
2: And, Tim, I think one of the most positive uh, things to take out of this report is the number of people that really want to be a homeowner someday. And if you look at those numbers and and the ages of people that were responding, over seventy percent of the eighteen to twenty nine want to own a home and looking at that that 's some positive news for home ownership in the future and you know if the government goes along with some of these plans that 's a huge number of the population that 's going to be uh, looking at owning a home rather than renting
3: yeah it, it, for sure, and there have been those who you know, argue against uh, ownership, but we see this value is sustaining and strengthened as a result of COVID. And let's not forget, you, you gave some good stats, Asif, and again, people can see it at aria.com. The people we talk to, I mean, these are the millennials and Generation Z. They're going to be the most educated uh, Canadians in the history of this great country. They're going to be the future job creators and entrepreneurs, builders. So we really want to keep that talent at home. Here's one last one I'll throw at you. And we we polled the public, too, and they have strong support for all these ideas. So whatever political party should feel confident of a positive response from voters. But we do have a major issue as well with money laundering, dirty money that's coming in from corrupt foreign officials uh, or drug lords and other criminal organizations who buy Canadian real estate. They do it because it's a safe investment, and they hide behind numbered companies. So you don't know who owns it. We say enough of that take away that veil, shine the light on who the true owners are, and then you can connect that with crimes back in the old country. Ontario realtors don't want to see a single parcel of land go into the hands of a niece or nephew of a drug lord. It should be going to the hands of Canadians who play by the rules.
2: And, Tim, before we let you go, maybe a quick look ahead to what we can look forward to for the rest of the summer.
3: Well, I, you know, I am very optimistic that the work we're doing and being on shows like yours, Assets, can help change um, the governments, and they can look at these ideas to keep that talent here and make homeownership, you know, well within reach. We're also doing some research right now on how we can help people uh, do their share in homeownership of the environment, like to make uh, less of the emissions, lower your energy bills, protect against flood. That's some of the research we have coming forward. And also we give guidance to consumers and realtors as well through REA.com as the COVID rules um, unwind on how to make sure you work with a realtor for a safe and secure uh, purchase of your home uh, or expansion into
2: it. That's awesome. Great information. And one more time for our listeners, if they want to read this report, where can they find them and how can they contact OREA if they need to?
3: You bet all of our research is uh, posted at ARIA, dot com. They can follow us on any of the social media channels uh, at OREA. That's the best way to contact us or through that website. We'd love to hear from you. Realtors, brokers, fans of real estate and people who want to get in the market, we have their back. We're there fighting for them. And we do feel that despite this uh, alarming news in the survey, we are going to make more progress.
2: Tim, thank you so much for joining us once again, and we look forward to having you on in the future. You bet. Enjoy the
3: rest of the weekend
1: now. Thanks so much, Tim. After the break, we take your questions. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. Time now for our listener questions. And the first email comes from Mike in Unionville. Asif, you have spoken a great deal about the bank of mom and dad. How do mom and dad protect their real estate investment?
2: Mike, that's a great question. There's so many different ways that you can do so. You can put a lien on the property. You can have a second mortgage, which is basically like a lien as well. You can also have a promissory note or a general security agreement, uh, you know, signed by your kids and that gives you the first right on the property as well. You really have to be careful. You'll have to speak to a lawyer and a mortgage broker about this because some banks will not allow you to register a second mortgage on a property. Depending on what type of first mortgage they're getting, you want to be able to make sure that you're in line with the provisions of that first mortgage because you don't want to jeopardize their ability to get that first mortgage. So by talking to a mortgage broker and a lawyer, they'll be able to do the right thing and secure your money properly.
1: And this isn't a unique situation these days, is it? Because it seems like the bank of mom and dad really have to be part of the scenario.
2: They do, especially uh, with prices rising as they have been over the last uh, year and a half, two years. But also, I mean, another solution would be for mom or dad to be on title with the children. And we're seeing that a lot now just to help with affordability, to help with the uh, financing, even to get people approved, to get kids approved. Mom and dad are sometimes going on title as a... 10% or 5% owner of the property and that keeps their uh, money secure as well.
1: Our next question comes from Lori in Thornhill. She's heard that the market is cooling. Does this mean real estate prices are dropping and there are bargains to be had? Asif, what do you think?
2: Well, Laurie, the the market is cooling compared to where it was the previous month, or if you're comparing July, it may have cooled according to last July's numbers, but last year was not a typical market. This is a typical market, and we're right along the lines of where we should be for July. So in terms of cooling enough to have prices drop, we're not gonna see that for a long, long time. We don't have any inventory, and the demand is still strong out there. So if people are saying, uh, you know, expect prices to drop, that's not going to happen. And and the main reason is supply and demand. There's too much demand out there. There's not enough supply, and that's going to continue to drive the market and the prices up, even if the number of units sold are down compared to last month. And they should be because typically may is busier than june june is busier than july july is busier than august so when you're comparing it to the previous month you're going to start to hear reports that the market is cooling but it should be that trend right now
1: and so if laurie is thinking about you know investing in real estate is now then not the best time
2: now is a better time than okay. it will be next month because mm-hmm. the prices will continue to increase because there's no inventory and until we start getting an influx in supply until we start getting a good number of new construction starts that's when you're going to start to see prices level off they'll never go back down uh, there's no catalyst for them to go down but what you're going to start to see is if our inventory levels don't change the prices are going to continue to increase at the 6 to 8% mark and If you're looking to invest, that's a huge chunk to take out of your investment. Uh, Six to eight percent is a lot of money. So if you want to invest in a property, the best time to buy, obviously, was last week or the week before. (laughs) But the second best time is right now.
1: All right. We've got just a couple more minutes to squeeze in one more question. This one comes from John in Markham. He says, my son is hoping to purchase his first home, likely outside York region. Where does his search begin?
2: Well, the first thing that we'll do is get your son pre-approved for a dollar value and have a consultation with him to see what he's looking for. Is he looking for a detached and attached uh, townhome, semi-detached, or is he looking for a condo? And then we can figure out areas that are convenient for him or uh, an area that he thinks that he would like to start his home ownership plans in and that's how we get started. So the first thing to do is get pre-approved, figure out an amount that he's approved for, and then we can match up the areas and say this is where it's gonna be more affordable for you and such, you know, to give you an example, we just had someone that was approved for just over $400,000 and they were looking for a detached home. We ended up going to Dunville, Ontario, which is close to Fort Erie, in order to find that property for him. And so the first thing is, obviously, get pre-approved, find out what you can afford, and then we'll match up the different areas.
1: And I guess you have to be comfortable enough to move to those different areas, right, way out of York Region.
2: Exactly. And, you know, the the commute from Dunville to this gentleman's place of business is about an hour and he was comfortable with that. A lot of people may not be. A lot of people may want to stay close to home uh, or to home base in Mm -hmm. terms of where they're working or where their parents are. And that means we have to come up with different solutions to make that home ownership dream possible.
1: All right. As a reminder, you can send your questions anytime to info at 1059theregion.com. But Asif, if our listeners have questions and prefer to contact you directly, how can they do that? You know,
2: they can always do that by calling me at 416 985 Con. That's 416 985
0: 5426.
1: That's our show for this week. If you missed any part of On the Market, go to 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening.
0: Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him 416 985 Con. That's 416 985 5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.